All right, well, welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. Check us out on Stitcher. Wow. Check us out on Google Play. Ooh. Uh, if you search Glue Guys into any of those search engines, we'll pop right up. Brian, how are you? Good, Mike. Mike, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Mike, Mike and me had a fight before this. I'm just saying, Mike and me had a fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got angry. You know what's the quickest way to get Mike angry? Uh, technological difficulties. The sound is still going. Is that still going for you? Yeah. He just hates, hates technological difficulties, and he takes it out on me. No, I'm one of those people. This is who, seriously who I am. <clears throat> if you at, if I am grumpy, which I was, which I am, and you ask me if I'm doing okay, mm-hmm. I get grumpier. You know the kind of person that I am. If I sense that somebody is grumpy, I <laughs> it is like blood on the water. It's my favorite to to be. I'm pesky. Yeah. I'm a pesky type. It's the worst. It's a terrible habit. But but you're, you're, you're sort of my pesky pole. Back you're in sort of college. my favorite, uh, Mike. You're you really you re- Mike really gets grumpy. Like he will stare you down. I don't know where because you're like from. an only child, right? Isn't that what it is? <laughs> no, I have oh, two yeah, brothers and two brothers. sisters. Oh. But um, right. thanks, Brian. Yeah. Um, so we're here. I mean, this is the pod before the pod that matters, I guess. Um, bef- like once the preseason is nearly here. Selling these pods pretty short, over. Mike. You're selling them <laughs> short. No, but our preseason run of pods are nearly over. Had a lot of meaningful insight up to this point, you know, about who's cu- who's making the team, you know. What, the the big cuts decisions that happen? Sure. You want to you go right into it. Yeah, I'm kind of sad to see Bo Beach go. I'm... I'm incredibly sad and i'm incredibly sad he got no run he got um, and honestly and so if you had the good if you had the good fortune to watch some of that boston game which um you know a lot of people didn't because it wasn't on television you know like we're in the you know soviet union or something mike you know yeah but it's so it's preseason basketball i'm really not going to get all i my, am my feathers yeah. will not be ruffled you know what you wouldn't they because you're be not as scrupulous a fan as i am but um no. For sure, but my life isn't going to be different because I missed one preseason basketball game. Well, you would have insights into Bo Beach's minutes, um, like I do, which were like awesome. All they were, five minutes that he had <laughs> in the entire preseason. They looked actually weirdly like he's he's one of those guys that's in the right place at the right time. Which Edgeidicious, Machavicious, beautiful, not, not so much. Did I did I do it? I think I did it. it sounded great. Didn't um, matter. And Chase Buttinger, you know. And and Jorge Gutierrez, a guy we've we've come to know and love, and and uh, you know we're used to him leaving at this time of year, um, but you know often often not in the right place at the right time. That's, that's sort of my my like my old school uh, my Hoosier style coaching um, barometer for if you can make a team in the right, right place, place the right, right time. <laughs> yeah. Joe Harris, <laughs> right place, right time. In, in, in preseason, that's what it boils down to for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, so I have a couple of preseason stats for you. So what we're going to do today is I have a couple of preseason stats for Brian. We have some mail. Yeah, a lot is of correct? great mail. Again, netspod at gmail.com. Mm. Uh, thank you very much. And then we have some news around the league. And then hopefully ne- next week we're going to do our big preseason pod mm-hmm. where we really lay out the whole season. We go yeah. through every game on the schedule, wins and losses. We do? Wow. Geez. Yeah. No, we really do. No, no, no. It'll be good. And uh, we, we may have a guest next week, which would be very exciting. Mm. Teasing ahead. Yeah. Uh, but first, preseason stats for you. One, Anthony Bennett may not be that good of a basketball player. That's a stat? <laughs> that That is a stat. Um, He's one not good basketball player. Good. Yeah. Shooting 28.6% from the field, mm. 23.1% from, from three-point line, 
Not that he's a guy that you would be expecting threes. There's one last guy to cut on this team, right? I think there's one last spot that they need to cut to get down to the number. You're going to cut Bennett? No. Well, so it's him or Yogi Ferrell, apparently. Ferrell, as if, unfortunately, it's going to be Yogi Ferrell. I don't think I don't think you can carry Anthony Bennett. I really don't. I know that, like, you know, so, so we're, we're sort of in this place where, like, the team's going to stink anyway, so why don't you put a bunch of a, a guy who has, I guess, potential, but he hasn't been good. Mike, you know what? you got to stop saying this team's going to stink because you know why? Because people are going to come after us. This is, this is a, a theme that's been happening, which is... I'm actually really encouraged and surprised by just like the general positivity of of the Nets fans. I think no, also I think that's totally true too. It has to do something with Jeremy Lin. There's something I mean special about the. Well, here's here's a little trend that I've noticed. I call it Lin's law. If you say 500 good thing, good things about Jeremy Lin, and one even remotely critical thing, you are going to be hearing about that remotely critical thing and nothing about those positive things. No, and I've gotten a lot of like uh, tweets. Uh, when I yeah. said Jeremy Lin is not a great defender, I said something. You, you said he's not horrible, is what you said. Yeah. That's different. But I didn't say I didn't say he was the worst defender. I just said he's not a he's not a point guard yeah. that isn't a, a a lockdown defender. You got Patrick YouTube. Beverly, you got YouTube clips sent I got, to your face. I got like, got a lot this. of anger <laughs> my way, which I love, which is fantastic. You, you thrive on anger. It means as people a grumpy, are listening. As a grumpy it means person, people are listening. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Jeremy Lin really has like. You know, I don't know how many like free agents in the league where if a guy came in, he almost sort of like already his like personality or the sort of the the amount of attention that he brings completely takes over a team. Yeah, it was a perfect situation where Jeremy Lin has like this vortex of attention around him. Plus, there was a vacuum of like nothing yeah, else we, to talk we about. We need some attention somewhere to go somewhere. And he's been pretty good, sure, um, at least preseason basketball. Well. Yeah, um, already. So already a fantastic signing from the Nets' perspective. They have to be so happy that they have someone on the team that, can like, can he's, his two weeks of, of Jeremy Lin has been more enjoyable than four, the three years of Darren Williams or whatever was the run of Darren Williams. Sure. Um, exciting. Don't Now, don't end that on a critical note. Just leave it. Just but let the, yeah, but no. he could be a better, no. Yeah. Um, so I think they should cut Anthony Bennett. Second stat for you. <laughs> Joe Harris. I'm... Is he is he the, is he the team's third best guard? Um, another thing was I neglected to say how highly I thought of Joe Harris last week, and that that got picked up. Uh, he does seem to have the he passes my Hoosier test right place at the oh, right perfect. time, um, for sure. And also an interesting shaped body. This is sort of a fascination of mine. Just shapes of body, very limited, <laughs> not a whole lot going on in the neck range. Um, Stocky, stockier than I would have thought. He's just a lot. He's a lot more solid. Six, six they say. And solid, a uh, solid six six. Great hairline. Like, I think a hairline is very important sure, in the NBA. Sure. Um, There's a reason why you know LeBron played so well after he got that hairline fixed. <laughs> boost, boost the confidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I honestly. So okay, who is the the team's third best guard? Third best guard. Um, because Lynn and Boyan, you would say would be one and two. So the mix would be. Gravis Vasquez, Randy Foy, Joe Harris, or Sean Kilpatrick. Yeah. And I think it's Joe Harris. Did you see the there's a small thing about Kilpatrick where Atkinson was kind of like is critical wondering aloud wh what to do with him exactly or maybe like planting seeds in in the uh, to be to be an all-around player he was planting a little seed in the media. Atkinson has already shown that he will do that, which yeah. is he's he's there's been a lot of things where he kind of come out and basically says 
<laughs> like what he would want his players to actually improve on. Yeah. Where so few co- coaches would actually do that. Where he, it's like he's calling guys out, but he'll say like Jeremy Lin, he was too much of a scorer, but he needs to be a distributor more. Mm-hmm. The Kilpatrick thing was that he not he could be a better defender, and he could be a better rebounder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like the the Kilpatrick thing, if we believe that the team's going to run like a hawk style offense, Kilpatrick doesn't really like fit into that whole idea of actually moving the ball. Um. I mean, that's why I honestly believe that, like, Joe Harris somehow is going to become the guy off the bench that they're going to go to. Because yeah. if he keeps hitting threes and right place, right time. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it that the, like, so the three guys that we kind of said in the beginning of the, even before the first, or no, it was after the first games, McCullough, Bennett, Kilpatrick, all kind of do appear to be having a hard time fitting in due to their sort of myopic ways of, of the past. McCullough had an interesting play in the Boston game where he was like just fudged a uh, like a chess pass that was or no he was on the recipient perspective recipient of a chess pass on a fast break hit him right in the numbers and it just rolled out of bounds and the coaching staff all applauded it and were like yeah keep your head up next time great stuff um, and then only hours later we're like yeah we'll probably see him in the D League at, <laughs> at some point um, which is you know. But, you know what the D League is for is exactly a player like that. Um, also mentioned that Whitehead would be sent down. Um, yeah, uh, is Bennett someone you would just hold on to? Send him to the D League? Is that are you? Is that an insult to to Anthony Bennett at this point? I mean, he's Does already he's already you been there. Anthony Bennett. I no. I mean, is it like an insult to his? At this point, you're dealing with a with a raw prospect whose whose skill set has been sort of validated in, on some level, but who's confidence issues whose just general intuition basketball knowledge is is something that is suspect at at present so i think I, okay you hang on anthony bennett so you have to take what was his encore production like in the preseason it was bad right. right he hit a bunch of free throws that's why his point total is higher than his field goal percentage and everything else so you you're making the decision on hanging anthony bennett for for two reasons and they, he has to check yes on both of these one is that you do see that potential there that that like the former first-round pick, first number one overall pick, you see the reason why he was drafted number one overall. You see that in practice every day, and you say, okay, he's got that. Number two would have to be that he actually has rededicated himself or dedicated himself for the first time to being a better player, and he maybe just a general good guy, and you kind of say, all right, he's got potential, and he's got a good attitude. We're going to stick with him. If he doesn't have either of those two things, yeah. which I don't think he does. No, he still doesn't have eyes. I mean, he's still, he's not... He's not uh, he doesn't even look for the ball when he after a pick and roll. Like he's he's still doing like basic things wrong. And he's not like this former first round pick. Like he's like I shouldn't say what? I shouldn't say he doesn't have eyes because I don't want this to be a Karis Levert. <laughs> I don't literally mean he doesn't. have <laughs> We get eyes, people sending us <laughs> shots of Anthony Bennett just like circling his yeah, eyes. Yeah. Like he has them. Um, <laughs> Karis Levert. That was my favorite, and I hope it continues. Is yeah. the Karis Levert doesn't have legs. Yeah. There's only one guy. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um, the it's not like so Bennett's an interesting case for the like the former number over number one overall pick where he's not like Hashim to beat where like the dude was seven what is he seven four or whatever that's a usable part in the NBA he's a six seven point guard or not, not point guard six seven like power forward type for him to ever be successful in the NBA he would have had to have been just like a complete beast mm-hmm. and productive yeah Barkley style beast that, that, and that's like a a one in a thousand, one in 
2000, that type of body type being a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I was excited about the signing, but it's, he hasn't shown anything. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Yogi Ferrell. That's sort of my thing. Yogi Ferrell's played better. Um, this team could use a point guard, you know, behind Jeremy Lin. Yogi Ferrell seems to be sort of what this direction of this team wants to head in, in terms of the type of player that he is. Ferrell in college was always like the, you know, the heady, solid college point guard that you see all the time. He was the best player at Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see them keep a guy like that than Anthony Bennett, who's had three chances now and hasn't seemed to, you know, no problem with Anthony Bennett. If they keep him, I'm not going to be crying. I don't think it's going to change their season. I would rather take a shot on a young guy who hasn't had that shot yet. You'll be crying for something. I don't know what it is yet. There'll be something. There will be. Uh, before we get to the mail, I want to do a quick shout out to Brian Lewis of the Post, who had either him or his editor, whoever had the the headline: Kenny Atkinson very emotional after cutting four net scrubs. Um, <laughs> because because it's it's on its surface an insult to to the organization, but really it's not. You know, it's it's actually the reverse. It's like a, it's almost like a subtle heartwarming thing. You know, his. Is the, <laughs> I thought I was like, Kenny, what do you mean? What do you, you that that Kenny Atkinson is an emotional entity that he that he is you know looking out for everyone's Kenny Kenny Atkinson identifies with the four scrubs yeah, more than that's, he that's he, what than that implies. Did Brooke Lopez and Jeremy Lin. No, no, no. That's I don't think it applies that, but it implies that each <laughs> and every individual you know he's a he's a humanist you know and and everyone matters. That's I nice, like it. It's a nice sentiment disguised as something cruel beautiful which i am all about uh i'm gonna hit the knees drop i said news drop and then i hit the mail drop um because I wanted to hit the mail drop and want to do the mail. Got some really nice emails, long ones from some of the old cards in our uh, email sphere, guys who I've grown to really care for. And if you want to be one of those guys going forward, all you have to do is send me an email, netspod at gmail.com, Mikey. Um, Chaboy, I got to roll out a proper John Cena for this because this guy is... Lou Estevez, dude, Lou, old, old, old card, been around forever, um, writes good longings, so uh, he has this to say, so um, he's talking, and by the way, Lou, read the whole thing, loved it, uh, but so the question is, which fringe reclamation project do you think we will revive this year? We've we've had our Gerald Green, we did Sean Livingston, we did Andre Blatch, we've got a history of of rejuvenating <laughs> careers um so, so the answer is anthony bennett the answer is anthony bennett well he mentions like is it going to be bennett or joe harris um although joe harris is kind of just that would be a random person um so i have an answer but what's your it's got it's got to be vasquez i don't know yeah i mean that's i would i would take like just maybe like, i think i don't know if this is a reclamation project and it's not but like i think jeremy lynn's gonna have a huge year Mm. And it's going to become, you know, one of the best contracts in basketball, one of the best signings in basketball that they that they got him, you know, when all this money was being thrown around. I think like you're good. You know what to do nowadays. You know, you've you've been on Twitter for like a month now and you're like, I know what to do. I know what to say. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I, I 
I think I think this is going to turn out to be an incredible signing. Yeah, I do um, too. I mean, I'm I'm authentically excited. Yeah, uh, I think you know for all the discussion of should we trade Brooke, should we not? It's sort of like. You know, I'm not saying like the future of a the championship. The only person discussing that is you. Nobody's really discussing that. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion on Twitter. But um I think yeah, I think like Lynn is gonna end up being not not fringe all star, but like super competent, best point guard this team has had sure. in a while. I mean so I'm gonna stick with Vasquez. There was a year there where he averaged like nine assists. I feel like at some point in this season they're gonna be like you know, people are gonna get hurt and Vasquez is gonna start next to Lynn and there's just gonna be a weird like move, move Linda the two, get a play as combo sure. guard, get get Vasquez, and then, like rattle off some assists. And, and they would both work together. Um, the only problem with Vasquez is he really can't shoot, and that becomes a huge problem in the NBA these days. And everyone gets super angry. He about shoots that. with such confidence too. It's like I feel like <laughs> wow, okay, that's definitely going in, and then it never does. Uh, the like out of nowhere pick. Um, I mean, not like a reclamation pick, but I see. Justin Hamilton oh, yeah. is going to get a contract after this year, a, like a decent one, a proper one. So I had a question. Or after, what is it, a two-year that he has? Yeah, I think he's a two-year. After watching this preseason, what is the most fun Nets lineup? Well, when they, they rolled out the starting lineup of, uh, it was Lynn, Brooke, Hamilton, uh, Kilpatrick, and Hollis Jefferson, a.k.a. the hyphen. Have you seen this? No. I don't care. You don't. What? You don't. What do you mean? You don't care. What? They, they call. They call Hoss Jefferson <laughs> the hyphen. I love your knee jerk reaction. I don't think you even play processes. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't yeah. care about. It. So, and that's the thing. Like, so people are going having so much fun with this Jeremy Lin <laughs> Comedy Central video. You don't care. Just don't care. This is why people give me some balls. This man. is why this is give me some balls. In the last week, I've been called irreverent more than I've ever been called that word in my life. This is exactly why. It's because you do stuff like this. You just say I don't like the Comedy Central thing, and that's it. And that's all. Um, yeah. So that that lineup to run out. You know, I I'm still. You know, I grew up in the '90s, and I watched. That's back when the Twin Towers. You know, of any team could have could have a tw- Twin Towers. And that made you enormously important, like, in, in theory, for, for a day until you found out that it was trash. But, you know, the Justin Hamilton, Brooke Lopez t- starting lineup, I'm all about. So, but I think, so mine would be Lynn, Joe Harris, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Scola, and Justin Hamilton. I mean, I think that's the most fun. Can, can I also just say this? I've been so wrong about not liking watching uh, Luis Scola play. I've been dead Dude, wrong. Up dude's to this a point. delight. I've. An absolute delight. 180 on the court. degree. Like I love his old man game. I love an, an old man game of any kind. That is the platonic ideal <laughs> oh of, the, of the old man game. I, yeah. he, he's fantastic. I mean, I, I was surprised that he didn't like him because he has always been like this, like yeah. herky jerky, weird yeah. post presence. And he's got like he's got a subtle passing game that's that's mm-hmm. pretty beautiful sometimes. Yeah, no, just he's, an odd he's player. Like Rasheed Wallace at, at like you know 39. Like he's just. Grumpy and shooting threes, well, without the grumpiness. And I, I've loved to be more. There's a New York Times story about how all the players are basically living in Brooklyn now. Did yeah. you read that yeah. one? And then they show Luis Scola coming out of the, out of the. Uh, that was the picture on the headline. Well, uh, I, I've talked how Luis Scola was so angry about alternate side parking. Right. Yeah. And just he's, he's picking it up, it, dude. From from us lowly men to millionaires, you, everyone hates. You want to know what a schnook I am? I I pay for a garage now. Such Good a loser. You. No, it's lame. It's a, I have to take a How subway. How much? I don't even want to say. It's embarrassing. Say it. I'm not going to say. 
I have to take a subway to get there, though. That's that's the real issue. So it's not even just. I'm not going to better be getting a deal on it then. I mean, I got you know you know I got a guy. I always got a guy. Yeah, you got a guy. Um, I can. What was that look that you just made? No, I can park. Well, I have a special license plate that lets me park in special. You have a handicap license plate, don't you? No, it's a New York press plate. Yeah, I get press parking because I'm a look at you ledge reporter. Look at you, dude, Justin Hamilton. I'm sa- I'm telling you, I'm that was a you're sneaky, sneaky good happened. signing. And when you saw it at the time, it said this guy is nearly seven feet tall and can shoot threes. And sign me up. Yeah. And he's been exactly that. Lou's uh, second question was, who will replace D Sloan and the D Sloan oh, horn? Wow. Uh, we'll need a new. Pour so one out. if Pour you were if you were an old a fan of the old uh, glue guys, um, we or last year's I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, it was last year. Um, you know, D. Sloan would have a monster game, and we would have to ring the alarm, and it would just be this. Effectively, that was, was just like, D. Sloan. And so we just swoop it up for D. Sloan, you know, um, when he was wrecking people. But now we don't have D. Sloan, and so we got to find a new one. And he was like, "We're gonna have the Yogi Claxon, the Gutierrez Siren, Harris Alarm, the Bow Beach Trumpet. Two of those guys are already gone. So um, we'll think of something." It's yeah, got to be something. I'm trying, all right, I do like the sound of a klaxon, just in general. So, who's the fan favorite? The the outside, the you know, not well, the Lynn. Not do Brooke. you think that D. Sloan was a fan favorite because you may have misunderstood <laughs> this this exercise? Yeah, but I'm trying to extend this a little bit. Here. Sure. Yeah, well, the who's, obvious fan favorite is Jeremy like, Lynn, but he doesn't need an alarm. We're so, not do would it. you call D. Sloan like the biggest frenemy on the team, or sort of like the biggest person you don't hate, but you also don't. Like you I mean, can't the, believe he's playing minutes for your team. Look, if we analyze the D Sloan horn, yeah, it's, it's not going to be funny. And it's that's, tough to figure that one <laughs> out. It's an it's like you know it's just an art form. You just you don't think about it. You just do D. it. D Sloan, baby. Yeah. Where's so, he now? So I Good won't think him. about this too much. But I do like that question, Lou. And thank you for for uh, hit me up. Next one is old favorite cheer boy, it's Robbie Rose. Robbie Rose. Robbie Rose has been fra- around forever. He writes like super long, super heartfelt emails, and I just love this. Dude. Thank you, Robbie. Um, he's got a good one. So at the end of it, he talks about uh, his his. So he's a painter, and he has a uh, a new studio, and he's got an assistant now, and her name is is Big Reeves. Uh, shout out to Big Reeves. And he's like, he's expressed some concern because he puts on the show, and she's not an NBA fan. Really doesn't doesn't like. He's worried that she's not interested enough and he doesn't want to feel that way we have the same worries and so he's like you know how do i make her interested Mm -hmm. and i felt like this is on you mike mostly you know as the curator of the glue guys like you're sort of the primary that that Um, is on me so it's like how how to make you more interesting so i i uh i went on the internet okay as one does in 2016 and i googled how to make yourself more interesting and there's a Time oh. article from 2014, and here's the seven things that interesting people do. Sure. Uh, first, number one is don't be boring. This oh. is, are you listening? That's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, Already, that's, yeah. Yeah. Sort Sometimes you go on a tangent about, like, you know. It's just stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. just day-to-day stuff that everyone deals with, and it's not, you know, not interesting. Sure. Um, to l- listen. I listen. 
D, though. Does that make me interesting, though? Well, you have to listen. Just in general, yeah. This is like a. Pre- you see, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that you do. I think you, you think you think you listen and you mishear people. Pretty good listener. All right. All right. Maybe you got that one. All right. Uh, three. Uh, talk about other people's interests. What's your interest, though? See, if you were listening, this is throughout our whole relationship, Actually, I've known you for years, Mike, and you don't know any of my interests. This, you're a Nets fan. Yeah. Literally, this is your interest. Your whole interest is this podcast. That's true. I'm not even a Nets fan. That's I'm just true. doing this so I can hang out with you. <laughs> that's <laughs> and true. And hear your interests. Oh, uh, that's nice. Also, um, for for Big Reeves, one could presume uh, that art is her interest. What do you know about art? Can you say a little something about art? I never took... Favorite uh, painter. Favorite painter? Dolly. You like Dolly? Yeah, the Lama was really good. You like that. You get it? Um, the what was good? Dolly Lama. Uh, going forward, what's your who is your favorite painter, Brian? You took art history, right? I'm sure you did. I like this guy. I actually never did oh, take. Don't do this. <laughs> I this like this guy. I like what oh you're gonna like God. this. Okay, yeah. I just got my my but my good friend, the best man at my wedding, gave me a an amazing wedding gift, which was a very large painting by this guy named Lewis Wayne, who paints cats. And he was psychotic, and so it's their psychotic cats, It's which are things that I like. Mike, don't... Oh, what my do, God. Why, why do you have to do that? Well, uh, like, oh. just, okay, Picasso. I'm Hey, I'm a basic... I'm a, I'm a norm. I'm a normie guy. Sure. You're too normal to be interesting, Mike. Face facts. You know, actually, my favorite painter is George W. Bush. <laughs> uh, Good. Excellent yes. answer. Thanks. Stick with that next time. Dolly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, should, you should have three stories in your back pocket. Three stories. I've got... You got way more. Thousands. Be charismatic. You got that one. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Be somewhere interesting. That's always, that's my favorite. How? New York. Not bad. You could yeah. do worse. You could do way worse. Um, and then live an interesting life, which you yeah. really need to work on. Yeah, I really need to work on. Um, and then, so anyway, so that's the, so shout out to Big Reeves. Shout out to Robbie. Uh, basically, he's, he's expressed a lot of concern for Boyan uh, Bogdanovich. Sure, boy. Uh, he's a pretty good preseason. And he's What's, like, he's like, what do you want to do with him? How do you motivate him? Do you trade him? He's an asset. You know, I think I think you let him play it out because I think his preseason's been pretty good, and it would it would be nice if they could get anything for him, anything at all. Because I don't think he's in the future of this team. Just just let him play. Let him shoot the ball a ton. You know, I think part of the thing about Joe Johnson not being on this team is really going to help Boyan. I don't think Boyan's going to be that great this year, but I just think he's had a good preseason. He's going to get more shots. There's a sh- an opportunity there for him to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Good. Good answer. Great stuff. <laughs> um, next is, I can tell, going to be a new a new favorite and, and, a, and a voice of the future for this podcast. Um this is GNYR, a guy who comments that I've seen around on, on Nets Daily. So shout out to you, dude. Um, basically, very forthright, who gets traded this season? If you gotta, you gotta, you know, gotta place your bets. Who's getting traded? Sure. He says uh, Skola Vasquez Foy. I go Boyan Foy Brook. You think Brook's gonna get traded this year? I think Marks, if he gets a decent deal in front of him, he is going to pull that trigger. There's no reason for him not to. I mean, we talked about the reasons why you don't, which is you don't want the team to suck. All right? And removing Brooke would probably mean that. Mm-hmm. But I think if 
if Marks Marks has already shown that he's kind of a gambler with the Tyler Johnson contract and the Allen Crab contract. If something comes in front of his desk for Brooke Lopez for any for like a first round pick and then a protected first or just something decent, mm-hmm. he's pulling that trigger. Yeah. It's gone. Uh, what do I'm, you think? I'm there Do you with... not think Brooke's gonna? You think Brooke's staying? I don't think anyone's gonna offer anything that tasty for Brooke. Unfortunately, um, but it's it's tough. Like who who really wants to like start trading out assets at this point? Unfortunately, not a whole lot of parity in the 2017 NBA season. You're not going to win a championship unless you are the Golden State Warriors or the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that's that's an unfortunate truth. Unless, of course, barring some kind of unforeseen injury. Right. I mean, but, but maybe one of those teams are you saying? I mean, like, <laughs> no, no, no. So I think there's like a whole there's the teams that are going for the championship. There's mm-hmm. like this this group up here. Then there's another group of just a group of owners who whose teams aren't that good that are maybe sort of on the playoff cusp and they want to get over that bump. And those Br- are the Brooke teams. Brooke Lopez who, doesn't get you into that echelon. I think he does. Who? What team? Give me an explosive. Well, so we have to see what happens during the season. That's to be a team that, that hasn't been in the playoffs for a while and then is seized, maybe sees it on the horizon. They say, Brooke Lopez gets us 20 points a game and seven rebounds. And if we put him into our lineup, we give up basically future assets that don't mean anything to us right now. Someone like a Charlotte. So Charlotte lost. Charlotte lost Al Jefferson. So is this year they have guys like Frank Kaminsky and Zeller and other other pieces. See, I thought you were going more like in the like San Antonio realm. No, there's no shot. Yeah. So yeah. So there's no shot. The Cavs, San Antonio, Golden State. I'm thinking of more Charlotte. My team, the Washington Wizards. Um, they have Gortat, which is fine. Brooke Lopez is better than Gortat. Like. I don't think there's any question in my mind. And before they signed Ian Mahimi and they have like three centers right now, Brooke would have been the perfect guy to try to target. I think a team on the 45 to 38 win area, one of those teams could want Brooke Lopez. It is hard, though. It's hard. I mean, I made fake trades and they're all like, they're not interesting. Mm. Even for the Nets, they're not interesting. Yeah. Um, Next up, we got your boy Tom Dean. Thanks for writing this, Tom Dean. Um, So Tom has a sort of philosophical question. Sure. He says, why am I so optimistic about this season? And he goes on to lay out that he's, you know, thinks Jeremy Lin's going to have a nice year and Brooke and everything. Um, And then he says, and so why am I wrong? Um, So what do you you have to say to Tom? I think there is a weird amount of optimism. You know what I think it is? I think the reason why there's more optimism is because this is – there's the expectations are actually so low yeah. that anything above like 25 wins would be pretty good. Mm. And there's so much different about this team that we're not carrying with us sort of the baggage of the past. When this team had Darren and Joe and we sort of knew that it was unexciting and just not good basketball. Yeah. No fun to watch. This is this is sort of my thing. It's like um, so, you know, the vast majority of teams in the NBA are not really playing for a championship this year. You know, and and the reason why you're like, I think being an NBA fan is is super interesting is because it's one of the most easily predictable sports. Like there's not it's not going to be like suddenly it's very rare. That's just suddenly a bad team just becomes good because of one small trade or something like that. It's just doesn't really happen. Um, And it's, you know, even more so this year because of how how good those good those good teams are. So what's interesting about basketball is that for a large part portion of it, 
you're kind of just watering the plant, you know, you're watching the progress. And this is a good, this is a good season to be, to be watering the plant. Last year, there was dead limbs on hanging off it. There was smelly fruit, not, not nice. And you had to trim some of that stuff off, but now it's like, it's cleaned up, it's smaller, but you got some interesting buds happening. You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah. And they're new buds. New buds. They're buds that weren't there before and a different land plot that you're seeing a different sunrise of. And And also like, you know, the season hasn't started yet. You're optimistic because everyone's optimistic at this time of year and that's, that's normal. You know, it's for sure. And I don't want to like, I can't tell, but people are very optimistic. They're like, they're talking about 40 wins on the internet. They're like, (laughs) you're, you're just, you're just not, you don't even think it's possible. What would have to break right for a 500 season for the Nets? Like what exactly, like what what could possibly happen? Uh, Brooke and Jeremy Lin have to stay healthy the whole year. Jeremy Lin has to be a a 20 and seven guy. Brooke has to be a 20 and seven guy. Can I say this? A lot of a lot of questions coming up. Where's the pick and roll with with Brooke and, and Jeremy Lin? People like, are talking. Why isn't it People on the floor? Talking. I haven't seen it. People, who's to, everyone's talking. Everybody I'm doing my I'm doing my Trump. I've, I've, you know, people are talking. People people are telling me. You know, I don't know. They're saying it. It's just happening. Um, um, but it's true. I am also watching it not happen. That's that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really. I mean, how much do they really have to work on a pick and roll in the preseason? Yeah. Is it something like it was causing know, concern that that Brook is is fading further and further towards the three point line and, and not I running hate those that. pick and rolls? I've always hated that. I don't like it. Quick question for you about guys fading further and further towards the three point line. Chris Bosh is a guy like that um, for his career, and I think that kind of screwed him up because he was on the Wayne LeBron teams and he was fading, fading further and further. What do you? If the Nets like, let's you got the headline, the Bleacher Report headline or whatever, it came through on your phone and said Nets get. Chris Bosch basically for nothing. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's a you know, it's I, a weird situation. I think I'm no doctor, Mike. I don't know how to feel about that. If, if that's somebody, what I feel, <laughs> you know, I, I know. I know that's it's like I may look like a doctor. No, I know. Uh, I just I don't know. I've been thinking about that. Like so, that's sort of like one of the things that this team would have to do to actually become uh, better. Yeah, what would have to go right? Um, Ron Hellas Jefferson would have to be like. Sean yeah. Marion 2.0. Yeah. Like who who goes Super Saiyan? Is is Boyan and Ronde Hollis Jefferson? Boyan would have to be a consistent three point shooter that you could rely on and be a guy that goes to the ball. And Ronde Hollis Jefferson would have to be Sean Marion 2.0. And I, I mean that's that would move a long way because the wing depth on this team is really bad. Yeah, for all of um and like. Can I say that I've really enjoyed watching Trevor Booker? I don't know if this is going to be no, like any kind of like breakout season necessarily, but certainly as far as like you know, it's your, like your like energy port energy guy goes. His per thirty six minutes in the in the preseason has been like is like fifteen yeah. rebounds a game. Yeah, Dude, he is raging out there. I mean, he is going breakneck. I think he has a decent three point percentage, even though I don't know how many of them he's taken. I feel like they encourage they encourage him to shoot. Um, and then I just got one live while we were sitting here this is this is how active the the nets pod at gmail account is from old old friend of the show this is cheer boy that is mike wins mike thank you for for hitting us up um as ever so he says what do you think lynn's stat line will be for the season points per game assists steals threes we put a better a better stat line than NJ Net Darren Williams or similar situation. Um, also, how many threes will Brook Lopez make this year? Over under twenty five. Um, Interesting. 
I'm going to say under 25 on the Brook Lopez thing. I think like last year, because he tried to do this last year, he started out shooting threes. As soon as he goes through a dry spell, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't want him to do it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. not everyone on, on your floor has to shoot threes. Yeah. Don't do it. Uh, Jeremy Lin, what's an honest prediction? Well, uh, I mean, I haven't pulled it up, but my I think Darren Williams' stat line for the NJ net half a season that he played less was like 18.5, 8.25 assists, something like that. Um, I mean, I think Lynn's going to be like a 17 and 7. Let me pull it up. God, I um, but it's important to find out what kind of 17 and 7, right? Like, so if he's shooting, you know, 40% from the field and 32% from three, that's not that good. But if he's shooting for even 45% from the field and closer to the 38% or 40% from three, like that's pretty fantastic. Um, I'm, I am bullish. I am bullish on Jeremy Lynn. Super bullish, excited. He's actually a fun player to watch. So his one, his one half a season. Talking no. about Darren? Oh no, yeah. So he did. He did. Uh, sorry, he had a whole season and then like twelve games for one of those seasons. So he only played fifty-five games. Actually, had really nice numbers in that. So twenty-one points, eight point seven assists, a steal, hitting eighty-four percent. From the free throw line, um, can he reach twenty-one points per game and eight point seven assists per game? Jeremy, no, this year that would be—I think that would be all-star. Um, that'd be really hard. No, I say no. I think he's going to have a hard time hitting the assists, but the points—I think he could do. Um, we also have some qu- Twitter questions. Oh wow! Um, so at PK Glue Guys on Twitter, uh, we didn't really care about talking about this, but. Noble Mill, Noble, Noble Milford, <laughs> at Noble underscore Milford, says, your opinion on J.R. Smith and Boomer and Carton show? Um, don't really care. I mean, I, I my my whole thing is, it's like, it's sort of one of those things that's like not super fun to talk about. And like, it seems like Carton was sort of just saying it and Jeremy Lin handled it completely well and didn't even really, like he didn't call out, Jeremy Lin didn't call out anyone. And J.R. Smith has gone pretty crazy on Twitter to say like that never that was never me. I don't I don't particularly care, and I'm happy Lynn's on the team. So. Only reason I care is I thought it was a nice response from Jeremy Lynn. I'm pleased that he can handle the media so eloquently. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, one last one, Marty Torres. Did we read an email from him? Yeah, we got Mar- we. Uh, no, no, not Marty, but we. He's 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 around. What's up, uh, what's up, Marty? Bring back Sly the Fox. Is that a yes or no, or just that's just a question mark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in general, I d- I don't hate a mascot. I did hate the Brooklyn Knight, but hate um, the Brooklyn Knight. If you're gonna bring back anyone, bring back Super Dunk. Just a blood. I think you, I th- you you weren't there. You, Super Dunk was just like a monster, like a pig-headed fiend, and <laughs> who who had like like a. Those like party blowing things that would shoot out of his head. He was a menace to society. Bad guy. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, should we do news around the league? Oh, sure. Why don't we? It's the news. <laughs> All right, news around the league here. Um, 
First off, we'll start with Draymond Green. Ethan Strauss of ESPN wrote a nice, beautiful, long story about the Warriors. I will read it. I haven't gotten to it yet, but of course I read the the fun news items that have been pulled out of it. Draymond Green, have you been seeing this? Oh. Yeah, I actually um, pulled this up today. Draymond and his outbursts are a huge part of the piece, mm. but one section is getting a lot of buzz from my corner of the internet. It basically talks about how a cop, did you see this, during halftime of a game at OKC, was had his hand on mm-hmm. okay yeah so okay this is this is from lisa salters lisa so ethan strauss talked to lisa salters who was standing outside the locker room of this it was a february game thunder versus warriors it was an okc okay this is the verbatim from the story via lisa salters i'm standing outside the locker room with the oklahoma city police which are always stationed outside of every locker room they kind of moved me aside they uh on, before this they were talking about how draymond green was yelling at steve kerr about I'm not a robot. I'm not a robot. I you've screwed me up. Blah blah blah. Curry and Thompson have had to separate them. Back to Lisa Salters. They kind of moved me aside. And the officer just kind of stood by the door with his hand on his weapon, like he was trying to determine what he should do. Brian, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? How seriously should we have taken that? Do you believe? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. How don't crazy that. is that? It's crazy. How, it's nuts. That's <laughs> nuts. It's crazy is that? Yeah, it's nuts. That, that that one one an officer felt like he would ever have to like intervene on the inner inner locker room squabble and the yeah. fact that he, it cracks. It's bad. It's bad, Mike. It wouldn't be a good look. No. Wouldn't be a good look for them. It does not sound good. Um, interesting things are happening in San Antonio. So we'll do a season preview next week, but. I am, we're just getting we're just getting started, guys. Let me just say that we're just yeah. we're just winding up. We're getting into weeks game, and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, all is wrong in San Antonio. Yeah, uh, this from Jabari Young with the San Antonio Express News. Okay, this is a story you you would never see. You've never seen in years and years and years in San Antonio. This is sources tell Jabari Young that the situation with Lamarcus Aldridge. That LaMarcus Aldridge may not be happy at the moment. The belief is the Spurs pitched him on becoming the center of their offense when they recruited him last year, and that hasn't occurred with the rise of Kawhi Leonard. So we're here. Mm. We're here now. What's your feeling on the Spurs? Where are you at with them? I mean, I think they're like, this is, so this type of story literally would never have happened under Tim Duncan. It it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And now we're hearing of the second biggest player on the team not quite happy with do you think it's millennials? You think it's a millennial? I think thing? it's a millennial issue. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Bill Belichick thing about tablets? No. Uh, he he like the NFL they have tablets and and on the sidelines. So like when they used to look at plays, they used to get print out of the play. Mm-hmm. It'd just be camera shots of it. Yeah. Now they have tablets, and I guess they've been bugging him, and he says he's done with tablets. I'm with that. You're done with tablets. I mean, I don't have a tablet, but. I do like I still print out MapQuest when I go on a on a road trip. Oh, that's so sweet. I like it. I just I mean not all the time, but if somebody else has, has a phone, I rely on them. But if I'm doing it by, by myself, because I, I feel like I have to read it beforehand. Otherwise, if I'm just like reacting to no, things on the road, that. I'm just gonna mess it up. Can't handle all that stimulation. I'm with you, Bill. There you go. Um, NBA GM survey. Question to you: They asked all the GMs in the league anonymously what player they would most want to start their franchise with. Who do you think was number one? Um, I feel like I read this and I can't remember. But uh, if they're gonna start it today with like ev- everyone's age in incons- like yeah, I'm gonna guess that Steph Curry. He wasn't even in the top three. Carl Anthony Towns, really? Yeah, number one. 
Because I, I think it. So Carl, it was Carl Anthony Towns, Durant, and LeBron. Really? And I think it's all still under the belief that the big man, like, you still would want the almost seven footer I mean, who can do you, a bunch you of want stuff. LeBron for like this season, I would say. See, my thing is, I would still, yeah, I would want LeBron. Yeah. Until LeBron is maybe thirty five, I would start my team with LeBron, and I would sure. just keep rolling him out because because there's no real. There's no real comparable. There's no one that can even I mean, what match is he, up like, to he's him. He's 32, though. I mean, so it's going to be if we're talking about starting a franchise and what the contract is six years. How, how many? Year, five years. Four year deal. It's a four year F- deal. A four year deal. That's what they said in the article. Well, no, but your well it depends on what kind of contract you're going to have. A four or five year deal. Five year deal. Yeah. Wouldn't you just? But like, if you're starting a franchise, like let's say they hit the reset button in the NBA, they did a dispersal draft for all the players. If you're the number one, if you had the number one pick in the league, you'd trust all the players. I think I would still take LeBron. I still think in my head that that my team would have the best chance of winning a championship this year, next year, and probably the year after if I have LeBron James on my team. And and so what? So then am I really trying to plan for 10 years down the road? Mm, you want those chips today. Yeah. Give me three championships right away, mm-hmm. and I'll figure it out after three championships. I like that. That's it. One last one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Ravel, you know Dan Ravel from ESPN. He did the best giveaways this year in the NBA, according to his list. My my favorites that he picked out: a Miles Plumley bobblehead toothbrush holder. Ooh, you, um, lo- you love a, an NBA centric gift. I've I've made my name in mm-hmm. producing every year, and and maybe I'll do it this year for Nets Daily as I produce a. Uh, a top top holiday gifts mm. via the NBA store, the the cheapest and weirdest you can buy. Yeah. Um. There you go. Toothbrush holder. <laughs> that was the whole story. That's the whole story. <laughs> See, I knew it. this is just this is a story just for you. Yeah, 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 that's it. You love that stuff. Um. Well, what do you say, Mike? That's it, Bry. Great, great stuff. Um. Another classic in the can. So we'll be back next week. We'll do our season preview for both the Nets. We'll do some league centric questions. We may have a guest. Um, look for it Wednesday morning, I think, is when we're going to have it out there for you. So a week from today. Well, you'll be listening to this on Thursday. And, you know, netspod at Gmail, BK Glue Guys on Twitter. Great stuff, Mike. You did a heck of a job tonight. You really turned it around. Want to say goodnight? The end of the show, the end of the show, the end of the show, the end of the show.